Yeah. everybody welcome back i know happy new year we're recording for the first time this year 2019 all right yeah we're back from the holidays yep we took a little break uh some little time off to do the holiday thing Mm -hmm. but we're back don't worry we got some good stuff planned this year oh yeah yes can't wait new year new ghosts (laughs) i like that (laughs) Uh, so what's everybody been up to, you know, since we had to, we had a pretty long break in between. Just checking our Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Shameless Instagram plug there. (laughs) Check it out. Ghost Raised in the South at Instagram. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, we did get quite a few more followers over the break. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. We did. I don't remember if I mentioned this last time. We still, um, we have a new listener from Brazil. Oh, yeah. I think you did mention that Mm -hmm. last time. Yeah. So that's awesome. We're still international. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, well, I have to say, today is my mom's birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Suze. Happy birthday, Mom. (laughs) Happy birthday, Suze. (laughs) If it weren't for her, I wouldn't be here. That's true. (laughs) And then this podcast would be a twosome. I know. (laughs) So thanks, Mom. Thanks for the birth. (laughs) We're also recording in a new location this time, too. Yes, we are. As we thought, the abandoned house is no longer abandoned, and this is different. I don't know how I feel about it. (laughs) I don't either. Should we tell our listeners where we're recording? Yeah. Sure. We're in a hotel. (laughs) Because we're classy like that. (laughs) It's temporary, but it works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, until, you know, we get the real recording studio, you know, from all of our sponsors that we have. (laughs) There's just so many. I know. (laughs) <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, not too much going on with me. Just uh, tired. Yeah. Since I'm having to get rid of the abandoned house, it's been, oh. it's been hard. <laughs> You've had a, a really busy schedule lately. Yes. Yep. Yep. But not too busy for Ghost Raised in the South. <laughs> Never too Never. busy. Right. <laughs> Never. Always make time. <laughs> we're always here for you listeners. Yes, we are. When we're not. <laughs> anyway well uh lisa you've got our main story this episode i do i have the main story um this episode we are going to talk about lafitte's blacksmith shop bar in new orleans louisiana oh new orleans we're finally there yeah we are in new orleans this episode and you know you're probably thinking to yourself oh it's gonna be some voodoo stuff it's not okay well this is different yeah i was like i'm gonna go a different direction with new orleans because everybody you know is well known about the voodoo and everything down here yeah or down there so so lafitte lafitte okay Mm -hmm. lafitte blacksmith shop bar okay kind of a tongue twister interesting (laughs) okay it's a very long name it is it is but i've been there um when i went to new orleans oh cool uh, several years ago yeah before camera phones oh, okay <laughs> did you know anything about it when you were there i did not okay. I, had, I knew nothing about it i 
just was like, that looks cool. Let's go there. Yeah. So yeah. we went. Well, I might be getting a little ahead, but anything happen while you were there? No. No. <laughs> Spoiler. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not getting ahead at all, because when I was there, I just thought it was a really neat place. But yeah. I will... I'm going to explain why I thought it was such an interesting oh, place. Okay. So, Lafitte's Blacksmith Shop Bar was built between 1722 and 1732 by Nicola Toos. Not sure the origin of that name. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, he built it, and it is said to be the longest-running pub in the United States. Oh, really? It is the oldest structure used as a bar in the U.S. Because it's really, it's going on 300 years old. Wow. I mean, oh, yeah. and it's, uh, you know... It's been around a long time. Yeah. It's a two-story French colonial college cottage made of brick and stone. And it's one of the few remaining original buildings in the French Quarter. Oh, okay, cool. It escaped uh, two of the major fires that happened in New Orleans, one in 1788 and one in 1794. So there's not a lot of the original buildings because of those fires. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty neat. The bar is named for Jean Lafitte's who was born about 1780 and died about 1832. Not really sure of the exact dates on him. But he was a privateer, a pirate, an entrepreneur, and a spy. Wow. Also, he was a hero of the Battle of New Orleans. Wow. Oh, okay. So he had an interesting life, to a say the least. and a spy. Yes. But also a hero. <laughs> all, so. all of these things. Um, He's very versatile. Yes. Very questionable in individual. So the legend states that around 1803, the building was owned by Lafitte and his brother and the blacksmith shop, and it was a blacksmith shop, mm-hmm. So, and they used it as a front for their smuggling operations. Mm-hmm. What did they smuggle? They would go and basically rob ships. Oh, and this take- is the pirate party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And they would take goods and they would bring them back to New Orleans and sell them, and the blacksmith shop was basically a front for their operation. Of mm-hmm. all of this going on. So it was pretty interesting. They began to get richer and richer off of all the stolen goods, obviously, because they were stolen. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, ended up buying their own ships to help speed up the process of the smuggling. Until the Embargo Act was passed in America, they were doing really good, but then they ended up moving their operation to Barataria? Question mark. <laughs> Not sure if that's how you pronounce it. It's an island, though. Give us a little history lesson. What is the Embargo Act? (laughs) (laughs) The Embargo Act is where they pretty much forbid American ships from docking at foreign ports. Oh, So, how can I explain this? I'm not really sure. I don't know how to explain it. (laughs) Yeah, give me a refresher. Because, you know, we would have learned about that in history class in, like, middle school. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's basically a legality to mm-hmm. make sure that um ships were didn't have stolen goods okay and that you know so basically to prevent piracy yeah I, yeah i get yeah mm-hmm. or at least it, it would have <laughs> <laughs> i love it it would have hurt piracy <laughs> um you know the embargo act it prevented the stealing of goods and things like that where you had to actually have proof of all the goods on the ship and during foreign trade and things like that. So should have known by now not to ask Lisa any questions. I know. Why do you, why do you ask me questions? We're going to cut this whole thing out. 
Um, okay, so because of the Embargo Act, now they had their own ships and everything. They couldn't go and just steal stuff like they used to, Aww. you know, back in the old days. Bummer. So, they had to move their operation and uh, moved it to Baratera, which is an island, uh, which is really close to New Orleans. Okay. So, they could still smuggle their goods into New Orleans from this island. Mm. Um. It said when I was researching it, it was like they basically set up their own private island and it was complete with women and other pirates. Oh, well. (laughs) Like their own little kingdom. So, interesting. Yeah. Of course, you know, Jean Lafitte loved the ladies. As they tend to. As they tend to do. (laughs) And um, he had uh, many mistresses. And, but the love of his life was actually the wife of the governor of the Louisiana Territory. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Getting up there with the, uh, the, high, yeah. the highball people. Which led to Lafitte's operation in New Orleans eventually to be shut down. Mm. Uh, they were getting kind of nosy, you know, trying to figure out what they could do, you know, to get rid of this guy. Yeah. And they're going to do everything they can. Mm-hmm. Who's this my wife is hanging around? Let me, let me investigate this mm-hmm. guy a little bit. So they ended up arresting him and his brother. But when he was out on bail, the War of 1812 was going on, and British forces offered him a spot in the British Navy to help him help them attack New Orleans. Mm. Which I guess he was down for, since he, you know, the governor got him arrested. He was like, sure. Well, you would yeah. think that. Mm-hmm. But here's the interesting thing. His brother is still in jail at this oh. time. Yeah. So he's thinking to himself, and he is only out on bail. He's facing jail time for all this smuggling stuff and foreign goods and things like that. So he actually knew that the United States could overtake the British forces. So mm-hmm. he went and told the U.S. authorities of Britain's plan to attack New Orleans. Okay. So, um, and, and of course, he worked out a deal to get him and his brother off the hook. Of you know? Yes. <laughs> Sweeten the pot a little uh-huh. bit. <laughs> yeah. So they fought bravely during um, the Battle of New Orleans. And um, after the U.S. defeated the British troops, Lafitte and his men who were other pirates and people of color, they were all pardoned and they were able to go on with the rest of their lives. Every time you say the Battle of New Orleans, I think of that song. Y'all know what song I'm talking about? It's an old no. song. No. Sing, y'all y'all sing Google it. it. Sing N- it. No. <laughs> Give us a little tune. It's, it's, what is it? The Ballad of... The Battle of New Orleans, I think is the what it's called. Of the Battle I, well, I of New know. Orleans? I don't know. Google it. I've never you heard know. it. Nikki, have you heard it? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. I've the never Battle heard it. of the, the Ballad of the Battle. Right I now. think, yeah. I think that's what oh, it's no, called. Oh, no, it's the Battle of New Orleans is the name of it. There by you go. Johnny Horton. Oh, I've heard this. It's an old song. Should we play it? <laughs> play it. I mean. You know, I think we get 30 seconds <laughs> before you have to pay royalties. I know. I know the song. We did a play in elementary school mm-hmm. where we sang this. Okay, let's skip forward a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Sounds creepy so far. Well, I'm loving it. (laughs) I wish I would have heard this song before. 
before or when, when I was doing the story. Mm. See, Nikki even knows the, knows the words. <laughs> I actually do. I've heard that song. I, I didn't, you know, recognize it when you were talking about it. But yeah, yeah as soon as I heard Johnny Horton, it all came back. <laughs> it's it's old. It's hokey. I'm gonna have yeah. to. Uh, as soon as we're done recording, we're gonna play the whole thing live. You know. So <laughs> I haven't heard the whole thing. First time I heard it. Well, you gotta see the YouTube video of it because it is like a, a bunch of men, you know, like pretending to ride on like little toy ponies and stuff. <laughs> Seriously? So, yeah. I haven't seen that. I love it. Okay, yeah, we're going to look You got to look it up. <laughs> Listeners, look it up and let us know what you think. So you would think, you know, after Lafitte went through all that, was imprisoned and for all of his deeds that he did, and then he was eventually pardoned, uh, that he would just, you know, be on the straight and narrow and start to just live his life. Yeah, you got a second chance. Yeah, second chance. Nope. They just moved their operation to the Gulf of Mexico targeting Spanish ships. Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> But do they usually, like, start on the straight and narrow after that? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, you know, once a pirate, always a pirate, I guess. <laughs> you know? so, Maybe he just got smarter. That's what it was. Well, actually, from his mistakes. he did. He actually ended up working for Columbia as a privateer to man ships in the Navy there. And it was actually a government-run operation to uh, rob ships of their goods for wow. Columbia. <laughs> it was a government-run okay. so operation. He would, yeah, so he worked for the government to pretty much steal goods from other ships. Shady. In Columbia, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess he got his uh, dream job, I you know? So. I guess so. <laughs> and I'm sure he's getting paid well for right, it. Right, right. <laughs> Do what you're good at. Uh, some people say that he died in battle uh, with one of the merchant ships when he was working as a privateer. Um, and some people say that he just retired and moved back to New Orleans. It's it's unclear. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that's just kind of a little bit of a background of uh, who the bar is named after. Mm-hmm. Um, the building, like I said earlier, is going on about 300 years old. And it's been kept to the originality of it as possible. And to this day, it is only lit by candlelight. There is no Whoa. electricity in the bar. Oh, wow. Yeah. So really cool. And this is New Orleans where it is extremely hot in the summer. And there's uh-huh. no AC in, well, in there with electricity or anything? I, I don't believe that they do. I'm going to have to double check that. If so they have AC. Maybe they there's may. like no wiring. In yeah. It. Maybe, I, yeah. I do know that there hmm. are no lights. Like yeah. everything is by candlelight. They may have AC, but when you, when you go in it, I mean, it's, you know, pretty open. And then there's a courtyard off to the left where people can walk in. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. They may just keep it, you know, the windows or doors or something open. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, um, it was pretty open when we walked, when we were, when we were there. Yeah. So I don't know. It's New Orleans. This is the only part of New Orleans that I remember (laughs) (laughs) of our trip. So (laughs) I'm sure a lot of people aren't going, man, where's the AC? (laughs) (laughs) Probably too drunk to think about it. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, this is right off of Bourbon Street. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um. I'm sure they weren't thinking about it. <laughs> okay, so that's a little bit of background and uh, about the building and uh, Mr. Lafitte. Um, so let's get into the supposed hauntings and the manifestations that happened there. Woohoo! Right. <laughs> um, there are two known ghosts that haunt the building, and one is said to be Jean Lafitte. Ooh, okay. Staff and patrons have said that they have seen full body apparitions of him on the first floor of the pub. Mm. They see a man in period attire holding gloves in his hands 
And anytime that he is about to appear, they can smell uh, cigar smoke. Whoa. Um, That's a lot of detail, too. Yes. Like, mm, he yeah. holds gloves. Like, has, and, yeah. has gloves in his hands. Yeah. And they say as soon as that you make eye contact with the apparition, it disappears. Ooh. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So, yep. So the fireplace is probably the most interesting part of this bar, to me anyway, because I sat right next to the fireplace while we were there. Oh, <laughs> very cool. <laughs> and the fireplace, it was said that Lafitte used to hide his gold there mm. back when he was doing his um, questionable things. Yeah. Um, people say that they have seen him standing by the fireplace, and of course they smell the cigar smoke. Yeah. They report, they report being touched and feeling cold spots, and several staff members and people that have gone there said that they have seen a pair of red eyes staring at them through the oh. grates of the fireplace. Oh, what? Mm-hmm. Red eyes. Oh. I wonder no. if he's looking for his gold. You can't take it with you, man. Well, well yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking that, or like he's standing there protecting it. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe there's like some, sec- you should check it out, people that work there. Oh. It's like a secret door or something in that fireplace really? where there might be some gold still there Ooh. uh but we don't know mm. maybe that's what the red eyes are too it's kind of like a thing to ward you off yeah kind of well yeah. and they, and some other things i've read too they have even said that it's possible that it might be a demonic spirit mm. but i anything i read there wasn't anything harmful that has ever happened or anything like that so yeah i would think it would just be like a warning like stay away yeah. Stay away from my gold. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, people have said that they have also seen the same red eyes floating over the head of the bartenders. What? There. Oh. Just, just floating. Just, yeah, just floating. And then disappear. Mm. Um, so. That is so That's creepy. unnerving. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, I've never seen a pair of red eyes staring at me. Oh, me either. And I don't so, wish to. <laughs> <yeah>. ever. <laughs> Uh, while I was there, I did not see the red eyes. And like I said, I was right next to the fireplace. People have also reported seeing him in the corners of the dimly lit rooms. Uh, looking at everyone very displeasing and like <laughs> rubbing his mustache. Oh, oh Like curling his mustache uh, with his glove in hand. Still huh. with the gloves. So He does not like people in his bar. <laughs> Probably not. not. I mean, there are, I mean, it's a pretty hot spot to go, you know, yeah. so... Another report. This one's pretty funny. Uh, they have also seen him in the women's west- restroom. Uh, hey, now. <laughs> Since he did love the ladies in life, he's going to love them in death. So I'm going to go peep at them in the restroom. Uh, kind of a perv, aren't you? They also report him seeing, sitting at a table with a drink in hand next to the piano. So there's this whole spot when you go in. The fireplace is on the right, and then the piano is almost like, Real close to the fireplace. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a real neat place. If you guys ever go back to New Orleans, you got to go there. It was it was really really neat, and everybody was really awesome there. All the bar- bartenders were. Mm-hmm. Visitors have also seen him and possibly his lover strolling through the courtyard next to the building. Ooh, so there's that little rendezvous mm-hmm. in the afterlife. All mm-hmm. right, mistresses in the afterlife. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty much all the hauntings of Jean Lafitte. There is a female ghost that haunts the second floor of the pub. The second floor used to be the living quarters mm-hmm. back in the day. You know, it was a blacksmith shop down at the bottom, and then the owners would live upstairs. Yeah. Okay. 
they're not sure who the woman could be. Um, there are several different stories that I came across. Some say it's a woman who took her life on the on the second floor. Um, possibly one of Lafitte's former lovers. They're mm-hmm. not really sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is also a report of a, um, a mirror on the second floor. When you look in it, you can see a woman standing there in period clothes looking back at Ugh. you. Is it like an original mirror or is it um, an old mirror? It's a, I believe it's original. There wasn't much history on the mirror. I just I do know that it was really old. Yeah. Um, and that somebody is tied to the mirror itself. Huh. Maybe not the building. I don't think it was original to the building. I think it was moved oh, there. Interesting. Hmm. I've always kind of wondered about that. If there's certain objects that, you know, they may change hands and ownership, but there's always something that may be attached to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah they, well, they, they, all the stories I read, um, there's definitely something attached to the mirror. Cause like mm. I said, you see a reflection of a woman in wow. period clothing. <laughs> They're not sure who the woman could be. It could be, um, some reports say that it could be voodoo queen Marie Laveau. Ooh. But that's just one report. There's nothing to back it up. Um, the other report is that it could have been Madame Delphine LaLaurie. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Did I get the name right? It's close enough yeah. for us to know who you're talking about. Yes, yeah. Madame LaLaurie. Um, the LaLaurie Mansion is actually right up street from the bar. Oh, it is. So okay. it is possible that it could have been moved from the mansion to oh, the bar. Oh, snap. Not 100% sure. I don't have anything to back that up other than people just saying that it could have happened. Just hearsay. So, good. yeah. Did you wow. um, do any additional looking or digging as to who she was do you have any idea who she is i did not before okay until i did this story because i wanted to find out who madame Lalaurie was and why so many people thought she was haunting the mirror right because when you get like a specific name like that you kind of want to yes dig so, so mm. did not know who madame Lalaurie was but Nikki and I do, thanks to American, American Horror, Horror Story. Story. <laughs> I'm still the only one that hasn't yeah. seen it. You have to watch it. <laughs> she was a very sadistic, messed up woman. You're not lying. Yes. I read, I mean, I, when I started reading about her, I was like, what the f- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, okay, so for those of you that don't know, like myself, before I started this research, Madame LaLaurie was a slave owner who used to torture oh, yeah. her slaves yeah, mm-hmm. in the most disgusting ways I have ever heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, she had him chained up. She had him hanging from all different parts of the house. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm not. Even, you guys might know. I don't yeah. know. Think of the worst stuff you can think of, and then think of worse than that. Yes. <laughs> and she was just a. I mean, I can't under. I can't even fathom the evilness mm-hmm. from this woman. Mm-hmm. Like the way she treated those people yeah. and killed them yeah. and just torch. Like why? Yeah. <laughs> you know. And she was like a like a, a socialite too. Yes, she yeah. was. She she was. She she'd been married three times. Had a lot of money, lived in this huge mansion. Mm-hmm. <sighs> God awful human being. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, if I'm remembering American Horror Story correctly, <laughs> so I don't. You know, they could have exaggerated some of this. But is yeah. she the same woman that um, would use their blood mm-hmm. as like 
facial, like she would put it on her face as like a beauty treatment. Yes. And, um, when I, when I saw the American Horror Story stuff, I started doing some research on her just to see how much may have been, I don't know, creative, you know, control. What do you call Mo- that? Movie magic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> creative writing, you know. Yeah. Make yeah. it more interesting. Or yeah. But yeah, no, they, that, that was something that is rumored that she did do. That she did. Yeah, yeah. That, that she thought that it would be like a rejuvenating kind of keep her young type of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's disgusting. It, yeah. it is. And like, it, it wasn't, and I'm, and I'm pretty sure if I remember reading this right, it wasn't until one of the, the cooks that was chained up in the kitchen, like yeah. set the kitchen on fire before they realized yep. what she had been doing for years. Yeah. Right. Years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, it's disgusting. Disgusting. Yep. I mean, I mean, it's like H.H. H. Holmes mm-hmm. style. I think yeah. worse. I, well, I don't know, but it's it's pretty bad. It's That's, pretty bad. I didn't think about that. But I, yeah, she's kind of like the the female H.H. H. Holmes. Ex- yeah, I would time. I would equate mm. her to that for sure. So, but anyway, there. Like I said, there's not any proof that uh, I have not seen the mirror. I have not seen the woman in the reflection. Mm-hmm. But it it is rumored that she might be uh, tied to the mirror. That um, is not someone you want tied to anything, right? No. no. And like I said, it, and and I was when I was looking up the dates and the and to see, I mean, of course, the bar was around, and like I said, it's like right down the road mm-hmm. from from the mansion. So mm-hmm. uh, when people go upstairs too, they also hear uh, their names being whispered in their ear, being touched, cold spots. Um, so just second floor, just as bad as the first. Mm. So wow. Um, but really, I mean, honestly, if you ever go to New Orleans, that's like, that is a must go place. I mean, we went there, we went to New Orleans and the only reason I would probably go back is that bar. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, I'm not a big like bourbon street in the middle of all the chaos that happens down there. You know, I'd rather go off a little bit to just a hole. It's not really a hole in the wall either. I mean, but it's, you know... Makes, takes you back in time, mm-hmm. candlelight, piano going. Yeah, the candlelight, yeah. I bet, gives it just like that extra eerie feeling. It was yeah. it was awesome, though. I mean, you know, it felt, felt comfortable in there. I mean, yeah, there were, I mean, there was quite a few people in there, but it wasn't like crowded like Bourbon Street yeah. is, you know. If that's a place where I'm going to hang out, that's where I'm going. <laughs> but you didn't have any kind of feelings of no, spirits I, or anything there? I didn't. Um, <laughs> because, a different kind of spirits, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Like I said, it's the only part of New Orleans I really remember. Um, <laughs> that should tell you something, though. It, like, stuck out to me that yeah. much. And it's been, uh, oh, like, seven or eight, nine, ten years ago. I don't remember <laughs> since we've been back to New Orleans. But, um, uh, and I didn't know at the time that it was haunted. Yeah. You know, or, or knew any of the history about it or anything like that. But I just remember, man, that's a really cool place. And now here I am, years later. Talking about Talking it. about it. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, anybody that go that's at New Orleans or is going to New Orleans, planning a trip to New Orleans, I highly recommend this mm-hmm. place to go. And like you said, you went in before you had smartphones or anything, so you probably didn't even take any pictures. Of I it did while not you were there. have any pictures. No, yeah. yeah, I didn't have a smartphone back then. You know, they were still quite expensive back mm-hmm. then. So <laughs> had, a, had a nice Nokia or something. Yeah. <laughs> I think I could take pictures, but it was one of those like. <laughs> 
Like two it megapixels. Wasn't worth, yeah. yeah, it wasn't worth taking a picture. And when you're in a room where like there's candlelight, I yeah, mean you're not gonna dark, be able to get a true. picture of anything anyway. Yeah. So those phones you could only hold like five pictures on. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> so it had to be really important. Like, maybe it was a flip phone at the time yeah. or something. You know? <laughs> the razor <laughs> click. <laughs> but so yeah, but that's pretty much all I, I all I have on this one. Um, that's neat. I'm glad that you found something that wasn't really you know voodoo-esque yeah yeah because yeah, you know i, Different I, for I new figured orleans. yeah i figure when we talk about new orleans everybody's gonna be like oh it's gonna be a voodoo story no mm-hmm. nope it's cool. not really and cool. the building it's still there and it's a place you can go to and hang out and go sit by the fireplace yeah so. we need to put that on our list yeah of girls trips <laughs> yeah. yeah we're making a list yeah mm-hmm. it's added to it because i would love to go back there i wish that place was just like by itself somewhere in a city that wasn't as big as new orleans yeah because i would just yeah. go there all the time <laughs> all the time <laughs> i like to drink <laughs> <laughs> as we all do occasionally so <laughs> um so yeah that's my that's my story um that was a good one mm-hmm. i really um really want to go back <laughs> So, are we ready to move on to the honorably mentioned haunt? Yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> what have you got for us, Nikki? Is it in the same city? Is it in it roughly is, the same county or area? Or? It is in New Orleans. Uh-huh. Um, actually, about, I want to say, four or five blocks from the French Quarter. Okay, so not far so, away. Yeah. Um, it was a little hard to find one that wasn't so known. Right. With New Orleans, you know, being this huge, you know, everyone knows that it's haunted. And mm-hmm. there's so many stories, you know, with everything. Um, it was really hard to, to find one that wasn't widely known. Yeah. Um, so I settled on the Fleur de Lis Mansion. Hmm. Fleur okay. de Lis. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Fleur de Lis Mansion is described as a boutique bed and breakfast located at 1216 Annunciation Street. So the history of the property date ba- dates back to 1763 when the land was seized by the Solit family who built a pair of Greek Revival brick townhomes. Um, the Florida Lee being one of those and the other home which was uh, unfortunately destroyed in the 1930s. Would that have been during one of the New Orleans fires or something you think? Or? Well, the 1930s was after the major fires, I think. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the major fires happened in, like, 1794. 1794. All right. <laughs> Just jump in right there. <laughs> Drop some facts. <laughs> so the Florida Lee was uh, built in 1824. So with the land and the home, obviously, um, you know, there's, there's a long history there. So it's thought to have operated as a brothel in the early 1900s and then as an apartment building with rooms being rented out to long-term boarders um, up until around the 1950s. A brothel. A brothel. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like every old building at one point was a brothel. Not that the we've covered shop. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the blacksmith shop just had pirates. <laughs> the um, But mistresses as well. The Redmond was... A hotel, you know, the hotel we covered Yeah, mm-hmm. last episode was rented out as a brothel as well. Mm. Isn't that the, the oldest occupation? <laughs> is, uh, is being a prostitution? A hookah? <laughs> <laughs> the oldest female op- uh, occupation, probably. <laughs> I, that's, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Learned something new. <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> you dropping facts? I think here? I just picked that up on my travels you know, <laughs> in your old brothel days. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So for about 25 years, uh, the building sat abandoned, with the only occupants being some of the city's homeless. During that time, the building could have been destroyed by fire that was set in what is now known as the Red Room. Oh. Red Room. <laughs> well, that's Red Room, but yeah, Red Room. it sounds like Red Room. <laughs> red Room. Red Room. We're in the South, so it all comes to the same. The Red Room. The Sex Room. Lisa's thinking of a different Red Room. Yes. <laughs> Christian Grey. <laughs> so the homeless set the fire in order to keep warm during a particularly harsh winter. But if not for the 13-inch thick brick walls, um, the building would have been destroyed. Oh. 13-inch. 13-inch. Thick brick walls. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's So it kept the fire contained. It did. It it kept it contained. And I tried to look at the pictures. I couldn't really see. But they say that you can still see some of the burn or scorch marks on Hmm. the door of the Red Room. They've kept the original doors. So the the fire was just contained in the Red Room? Yes. So just in that one room. In 2010, the current owners, Jim and Lauren, purchased the building for a mere $90,000. What? Wow. Yeah. Oh, it must have been in really bad shape then. I'm sure, yeah. Because it's that empty... For 20, yeah. you know, 25, 25 years, years. Yeah. You know, with homeless using it, you know, yeah. fires. Fire. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a steal. Yeah. <laughs> so they hired 35 construction workers that took two years to restore. And then they, of course, added modern amenities. After buying it, the next door neighbor wished Jim luck and said he never would have invested a single dime into the property. Uh-oh. Why? I like where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know? Yeah. So this brings us to the hauntings. Mm. During the renovation, um, construction and everything, Jim and Lauren did live in the home. And so during the construction and immediately after, um, Jim would report hearing a deep masculine voice mm. speaking through the stereo system above the bed. What? Yeah. Mm-mm. Um. With absolutely no, you know, explanation of where it would just, and oh. he couldn't make out the words, but it was like a muffled, mm-hmm. deep man's voice coming through the stereo. Mm-hmm. And which we know, you know, ghosts and spirits they like to make themselves known and use mm-hmm. stereo, you know, electronic yeah. equipment, mm-hmm. which is where the EVPs and everything come from, mm-hmm. and why a lot of paranormal ghost hunters use EVPs. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that he, even though he could never make out the words, he would hear them as often as uh, several times a month hmm. um, or as as long as, you know, maybe once a year. Yeah. So <sighs> that apparently is still going on. I don't like that. <laughs> so they still live there? They do. Okay. Um, so it's, they are still there running the bed and breakfast you can, they have, uh, I think, 11 rooms that you can rent out. Nah. Um, yeah. <laughs> In fact, for $90,000, just flip that thing. Right. <laughs> flip it, sell it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So in the red room, um, particularly, one of the employees um, has experienced what's referred to as a jokester ghost. Hmm. And let's be real, if 
I was going to be a ghost, I think, I'd like to think I'd be playing jokes on people. <laughs> Just a little friendly ghost. Yeah. yeah. So on multiple occasions while cleaning the rooms, a heart-shaped dish that usually sits on the back of the toilet as decoration um, is mysteriously moved to the floor. Just, mm. just placed on the floor? Just placed on the floor. Okay. So no matter how many times it's put back on to the back of the toilet, the housekeepers, the employees, will return to find it on the floor in the bathroom. Oh. That ghost doesn't like it being on the toilet. Evidently. <laughs> just get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, one visitor said that she stayed in the floor-to-leave room and the bathtub faucet turned on in the middle of the night. Oh. You hear that a lot, too, in stories, like faucets turning on and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then as well as the chandelier above the fireplace um, turned on and off several times throughout the night. Mm. Evidently, just turned on, turned back. I don't know. Mm. But you hear that a lot, too, just like, you know, lights turning Mm -hmm. on and off, too. Yeah. Uh, And then another couple who stayed in the river suite had their dog with them. The dog was snapping and growling at seemingly (gasps) nothing. Oh, the animals always know. They do. That's why I always keep animals with me. (laughs) Um, The guy said that his girlfriend got really scared and he was like comforting her and told her that it was just a shadow or something. And then right as he said that, the bathroom door flung open. (gasps) So, yeah. Don't like it. Just a Uh shadow, huh? Well, how about that? (laughs) (laughs) I'll show you I'm not a shadow. Don't taunt them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's all I've got on that. But ah, well, we'll stay there and then we'll go to the bar. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know what I was gonna say. <laughs> the well, end. <laughs> well, that's a good one. I um. <laughs> I didn't know about that place. Mm-mm. Although I, I don't either. know, I don't really know much about New Orleans. You know, I don't either. Um, I've only been to New Orleans once, and that was for about three hours. Mm. Oh. Um, <laughs> okay. we, we were already in Biloxi, so we just drove over oh, to New Orleans okay. um, to eat and kind of see the city. Yeah. And then it was awful trying to drive through New yeah. Orleans, so then we left. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I've never been before. You I'd never like been. to go. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very obviously old city. Yes. And um, most of the buildings there, especially in downtown and, and near the French Quarter, are um, still probably original, um, or at least extremely old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can actually see, I don't know if you would have gone before Katrina, but um, after, after. Yeah, after Hurricane yeah. Katrina, you can drive down the streets and you can see the um, the line on the sides of the building oh, so like where the, water the, level. the flood mm-hmm. waters were up to. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if it's still there. Because, I mean, we went probably two or three years after Katrina. So it was pretty prominent mm-hmm. then. You know, yeah. I wonder if it's still... How long ago was it that you... I... We went probably about four years ago. Oh, okay. And you can still see it? Yeah. Oh, wow. wow. So when was Katrina. I, I think it was 05, right? 05. Eh. So, yeah. So, but um, I would love to go back to New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would like to go back to, I'm not, like I said, though, I'm not a, I'm not a big Bourbon Street. Yeah. You know, around all that madness. I mean, it's, it's, 
I'm kind of the same way. I don't really like to go in highly populated places for my vacation. It stresses me out. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't want to go like during Mardi Gras or anything. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, no. Yeah. Um, sh- shows you how fun we are, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but the his- the historical stuff, like we went to the um, the cemeteries, the old cemeteries and stuff like that. Because, yeah. you know, they're all above ground in the mausoleums and stuff. Yeah. And those yeah. are really interesting. Mm-hmm. I like cemeteries anyway. I yeah. find all of them fascinating, especially really old ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But those yeah. particularly, because they're yeah. all above ground mm-hmm. and stuff. So. They're very ornate mm-hmm. and, um, and all yeah. that. So that was another highlight. That was before the drink. I went, <laughs> yeah. went to the cemetery. <laughs> so, yeah, as, as far as a historical place to go, it's definitely, you know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't go for the partying. I'm there. For the historical stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Nerd. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But anyway. Cool. So, uh, Robin, you got our uh, friend story? I sure do. So, mm, this one's a good one because my friend story comes from a skeptic. Oh. Comes from a skeptic. This is going to be good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Wait to hear it. So when we started up our podcast, I started reaching out to people, asking if they had ever had any experiences, and I reached out to my friend Brandon. And like I said, he's a skeptic. Uh, I didn't know that at the time, but he told me that he had never really believed in the supernatural or ghosts, but he had an experience at his work that he could not explain, and it left him feeling kind of spooked. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So... He told me that I can say where he works, (laughs) so I don't have to talk, you know, all the way around that. So he works at Lincare, and it's a company that delivers respiratory therapy products to patients. And it's next to a cemetery in Decatur, Alabama. Uh, It's called Austin Cemetery, and it's on the corner of Spring Avenue and Cedar Street in Decatur. Okay. Yes. I'm thinking, I don't remember seeing a cemetery there, but I just probably it's small. don't pay it attention is, to it. It is. It's very small because there's only 11 memorials in it, and it's all oh. family plots. And mm. it's actually quite a large area for such, you know, a small plot of, of people. Hmm. Um, and yeah, they're all the Austin family. In fact, the neighborhood, Austinville, was derived from their family being that they were very like progressive merchants in the area and also prominent in the building part of Decatur's formative years. So Austinville comes from the Austin family. So the earliest grave there um, was interred in 1884 and the most recent was 1933. And like I said, it's, it's kind of like a large area for such like a small group. And if, the most recent was 1933. It kind of makes you think, like, that's as big as it's ever going to get. Right. You know, there's not going to be any more people. I don't know if there's any more, like, living descendants or mm-hmm. people that are... Still in the area. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that may be as big as it's going to be. And it is right beside Lincare, where Brandon works. So here's some interesting obituaries from people that I found that are buried in this cemetery. I pulled three. One of them is Elizabeth Hudson Austin, and she was married into the family. Uh, She was born in 1834 and died in October 1886, so she was about 52 years old. And her obituary reads, the Huntsville Democrat, which Huntsville is a city that is slightly northeast of Decatur, uh, on October 20th, 1886, 
Mrs. Lawson Austin, which Lawson Austin would have been her husband, a widow residing in New Decatur, was burned to death <gasps> mm-hmm, a few days ago in a house fire. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. That, is the, that is the worst way to go. I yeah. agree. Mm-hmm. I, that is my I can't worst think fear. of a worse way to go. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. Two sons and a daughter are most sorely bereaved. She was a faithful member of the Methodist Church of Chestnut Grove. Elizabeth Hudson married Vandiver Lawson Austin on December 10th, 1856 in Morgan County, Alabama. So that was her obituary. And yeah, she was 52 years old and she succumbed to a fiery death. That's awful. Yeah. It is awful. Mm -mm -mm. So another one, Elizabeth... Melinda Roper Austin, somebody else who married into the family. She was born in 1862, and she died April 11th, 1910. So she was 48 years old. Uh, Her obit says uh, she was the wife of Robert S. Austin, and then the wife of Charles Henry Austin Sr. So it kind of seems like she may have married into the family twice. Mm Mm-hmm. Sounds that way. Yeah. Anyways... So, it says, New Decatur Advertiser, 1910, South New Decatur News. On Monday, Mrs. C.H. Austin died at her home place in Austinville while on a visit to her daughter, Mrs. Rufus Crow. She went to Austinville last week in as good health as usual, but was stricken Sunday and did not recover. Mm. She was the wife of our highly esteemed merchant and alderman, C.H. Austin, and leaves aside from her husband, seven children, and a large circle of friends to her departure. Mm. So I don't know what exactly happened to her, but she was healthy, and then suddenly she was struck and ill, and mm. she passed. Oh, goodness. Yeah. And my third one is Walter Lee Austin. So, he was born December 26th, almost a Christmas baby, born December 26th, 1879, and he died November 27th, 1900, and he was just 21 years old. Mm -hmm. So, the Morgan County Index, which Morgan County is the county that Decatur is located in, the Index to Death Register says that tradition says that he was on his way to visit the cemetery in his buggy when something scared his horse and the buggy turned over in front of the cemetery and killed him. Oh. His occupation was a carpenter and he dies as a result of an accidental fall and he was not married. Oh. So those are real kind of pretty tragic things yeah. that happen in three out of 11 people. Right. So, now that we have a little bit of a backstory, let's get to the building that is just feet away. So, here is Brandon's story that he told me. So, at his job, there's six women that work there in the front office part, and then there are three to four drivers who are men, and Brandon is one of the drivers. In the office part, most of them are packed up and leaving at five o'clock or by five. Occasionally someone will stay over to get something done. But if anyone's gonna be staying late there, he said it's typically going to be like a driver, you know, somebody that's gonna be on call. Mm-hmm. The front part of the building where you walk into is the foyer and then some offices and then a break room area. And the back part of the building is the dirty room and the <laughs> warehouse. The, he did, the dirty <laughs> room? <laughs> he didn't explain the dirty room, but if you think about what this is, it's a home delivery service for, 
you know, respiratory therapy. Okay. So you're probably picking up the stuff that's used and dropping off, you the know, new. the new stuff. Yeah. So this is probably the dirty room is where the used <laughs> stuff has been. I gotcha. <laughs> I'm thinking the through this. Room. It makes sense to me. We're going to go with it. <laughs> Correct me room. if I'm wrong, Brandon. <laughs> Reach out to us. <laughs> and so separating kind of the front and the back is a hallway and there's bathrooms there. So one of the people who works in the front office, his name is Melissa, and Brandon describes her as kind of a little short lady, probably about 5'3". She's in her 30s, and he estimated, Melissa, if you listen to this, I don't know. This is Brandon's description of you. Calling <laughs> <laughs> you out, Brandon. <laughs> and he says that... Uh, she has one of those kind of loud country voices, and she's not meek, mild, or quiet or anything, and she never works late, he says. And Brandon said that it was just after 5 p.m., and he was leaving the bathroom, and when he walked out, he looked to his right towards the front, and he saw Melissa walking into the break room kitchen area. And like he said, it was just after 5, so he didn't think anything of it. And he thought maybe she'd left something in the fridge, but she didn't turn on any lights in the hallway, so he remembered thinking that that was a bit odd. So he walked towards the break room to talk to her, but no one was there. <gasps> mm -hmm. He immediately looked out the window, and there were no cars in the parking lot, and he even checked the women's bathroom to make sure that he wasn't going crazy. So to recap, he said it was 5 p.m., and it was last spring, and the lights were off. So it was sort of dark, but it was light enough to see everything. Okay. And he said that it was a full-body, shadowy female figure, the same size as Melissa, with short hair like hers, and it was walking. And he said that it wasn't just a glimpse, either. He said that it was at least five feet distance that he saw it travel until it went into the kitchen. <gasps> oh. Yeah. And he could have sworn that it was her, and he was so certain that it was her that he followed it into the kitchen to talk to it, and I mean, Nothing. it wasn't there. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, another day, he asked a co-worker, Chantel, about it, and she works up in the front, and she's worked there for 10 years. And that's when Chantel told him about the cemetery and how one of the people buried there died in a house fire. And so they kind of, you know, did a little digging and stuff. But he also told his friend and coworker Joey about it, which Joey is one of the delivery guys. And Joey told him that he hears stuff going on in the kitchen all the time and that it's definitely haunted. What? And Chantel also told Brandon that she hears things too whenever she works late, but she really tries to ignore it. So Brandon <laughs> is not the only one. And it is important to note that the kitchen where all this activity goes on is the closest part of the building to the cemetery graves that you can get. Oh. Yeah. So seeing someone walk from the hallway to the kitchen as if it's walking back, it's going to be going towards the cemetery. Wow. Yeah. I wonder where the house fire was. I don't know. If it was near the cemetery, where mm -hmm. the cemetery is now, mm -hmm. you know, just curiosity. Yeah. I thought about that too, but I didn't have a way of looking up. To find out. Yeah. yeah. No. Mm -hmm. Records back then. Yep. So that's my little friend's story <gasps> from my skeptic <laughs> who just is a little uneasy about it. Can't explain it. I don't know if it's turned him around, if he's a believer or not, but. So was this pretty recent? Yeah. He said it was last spring. Last spring. That's so right. So almost a year that. ago. 
Oh, wow. Wow. Well, mm-hmm. Brandon, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> oh, I couldn't work at a place that was haunted. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, and you were talking about one of the coworkers being like, I just ignore it. Yeah. Denial. <laughs> I guess I just couldn't be alone in the place. Like, I couldn't be the one walking oh, up at night, no, turning off all the lights. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely not. When it was dark, I'm out here. Mm-hmm. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it would bother me, honestly. <laughs> we know it wouldn't bother you. Fearless Nikki. <laughs> Typical. <Yeah. laughs> as long as it's not trying to hurt me, I'm okay. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah I, <laughs> you stay on your side. I stay on my exactly. side. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <sighs> don't name it. Don't name it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Never name them. Name them. <laughs> well, that was a good episode. That was mm-hmm. good. It's good. It was interesting. Well, um, thank you all for listening. If you want, uh, you can like and subscribe, follow all of our social media. Um, we're on Facebook and Instagram at Ghost Raised in the South. We, or I personally am struggling to get good friend stories. So please send us your, your friend stories. <laughs> <laughs> I'm begging you. We want to do our first listener friend story. Yeah, we mm-hmm. are waiting. I mean, yeah, we did my mom's. Yeah, she's a listener. But she doesn't really count. <laughs> no, family <laughs> doesn't count. <laughs> family and friends. Yeah. We, we want, you know, stories from people we don't know. Right, right. We want to hear. We'll give you a big shout out. Yeah, yeah. we will. <laughs> big one. The biggest. <laughs> Just keep it in the South. I mm-hmm. guess that's that's our main that's our requirement. Yeah. yeah, because, you know, ghost raised in the South. We want yeah. to keep it south of the Mason-Dixon, y'all. Get right. out your maps. <laughs> um, so please email us those stories at ghostraisedinthesouth at gmail.com. Um, again, our Instagram and Facebook's Ghost Raised in the South, and then our Twitter is Ghosts Podcast. Thanks for listening. Boo, y'all. Boo, y'all. Boo, y'all. <laughs>